All right, Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have Cat Bells, singer-songwriter. Their new dream pop record is coming out. It's called Partly Cloudy. We're going to listen to a track. This first track is called Fade. Fade, 
the album Partly Cloudy, available on all streaming platforms. Cat Bells. Um, so this interview was probably the most different interview I've ever done doing interviews. Um, and Cat Bells explains it in the conversation, but um, basically they were dealing with a lot of anxiety and... Uh, so we uh, we found a way to make it work where I sent them the questions and they sent me the answers and we spliced them together. So it's a little rocky, but it's a pretty smooth conversation. And and here's the thing, we're all we're all dealing with stuff and like if you have a way where you can help someone out and make their day easier and it's not that difficult, do it. Help out and like all these little things build up in a lot of ways. Um so I was glad to be able to accommodate Cat Bells in this um, interview. And Partly Cloudy is a great record. I recommend you guys go check it out. Um, with that being said, if you can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and any of the podcast platforms. It helps me keep talking to cool guests like Cat Bells and sharing their insights with you. And uh, without further ado, here's our conversation. Um, anywho, I guess my first question being around cats. Do you have cats? I have two cats. You can probably hear one purring right now. They run around my whole uh, recording scenario. Um, also, there's a. I find that there's a comfort within cats. There's like this, this at least for me, a sense of home, a sense of the world can stop and just be okay. For me, it's kind of like I don't have to be everywhere all, all at once. I can be here. We can hang out. It's all right. There's a sense of oneness, a sense of being all right with where I'm at at this moment. Um, for you, do cats carry any type of uh, sense like that? Are there traits within cats that you find yourself identifying with or find yourself um, longing to grasp? Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be able to talk with you and I really appreciate your flexibility in doing this interview in a slightly different way than um, probably some of the other ones are done. So I really appreciate that. And thank you. I look forward to these questions. Um, starting with cats, one of my favorite topics. Um, I too have a cat and I just love her to pieces. She's the sweetest cat I, I just I always had dogs growing up and I always wanted a cat um but was never allowed to get one as a child and so the first opportunity I had to get one um on my own I certainly took that opportunity and she is just everything and more um I also have a dog I'm an equal opportunist I love animals I'm a vegetarian and I truly would probably have an entire farm if I could, <laughs> but one day maybe. Um, so like you, I definitely adore animals and adore cats, and she definitely um, is a great stress reliever. Um, there's nothing like a cat purring in your lap. Definitely, definitely you can just feel all your stresses start to melt away and be a little more present in the moment, which is really helpful um, when you're dealing with anything in life, whether it's anxiety or stress or animals really um, force us to be outside of our own heads and, and to take care of something else. 
My next question being, was there music around the house growing up? Did anyone play? Um, who inspired you to start playing piano at five? There was a lot of music around the house growing up. My dad played acoustic guitar, and um, while my mom didn't play any instruments, she had a really big love for music, um, and so she got a piano from somewhere, I don't even know, and so pretty much starting at five, she put me into lessons, and I didn't really have a choice or say at that age about it, but I enjoyed it, and it was something that... I just did without thinking until I switched over to guitar around the seventh grade. So um, music was definitely just a big part of my household growing up. And so I'm grateful that she put me into those lessons because um, I'm not sure if I'd had the choice, if I would have, you know, done it just because. So it's definitely something I am grateful that I had as a child. And when you were studying piano, was it was it traditional lessons, learning to read, or was it all on your own? It was pretty traditional, starting with learning to read music and a lot of classical music. And that was really where it started. I didn't have too much of a choice when I was little as to what I would learn to play. The piano teachers I had just would provide music books and that was kind of what I learned to play. It wasn't until I was a little bit older taking piano lessons that I started to choose the pieces I liked and wanted to play. And if you can recall, some of the early pieces of music that resonated with you that really you really made you feel like this is cool, I'm doing this, I want to do this. I wish I still had some of my old piano books because I committed so many of those songs to memory that I can sit down and play a pretty wide range of songs from that time, just muscle memory. But I don't know the names of a lot of them. But one thing I do realize is that the songs I enjoyed the most then and still play now are pretty much all the sad songs. <laughs> so I'm realizing starting at a young age that the minor keys and the minor sounding sad songs were definitely the ones that resonated with me even when I was little. So my next question is, what inspired the shift from piano to guitar? Now, you started playing guitar in the seventh grade. That's when I started playing guitar in the seventh grade. Um, but I didn't have the piano background growing up. I just started on the guitar trying to figure that thing out. And uh, it was like a completely new world. And later, I ended up learning piano when I went to Cleveland State to study music. And it's like entering another world. They're like two different, completely, they're two completely different views of how to make music. Like a piano is very laid out. You can see where everything should go. And I feel guitar is very feel and shape-based. But um, what was that experience like for you? What inspired to get a guitar in your hand? And um, what made guitar stick is what sounds like to be your, um, your main instrument now for songwriting. Yeah, so I started wanting to play the guitar because I wanted to be able to play the songs that 
I really, really liked. Um, and so I found piano was more difficult. They didn't sound how the songs I was listening to at the time sounded, but on guitar they did. And so my dad's guitar was always around and much like yourself, I also just kind of picked up the guitar and started trying to memorize chords and cowboy chords and just learn myself. And um, that's how it started. I was still in piano lessons at the time and starting to really feel like I didn't want to take piano lessons anymore. But my mom was very much like, well, you have to keep taking music lessons. So what are you going to do? And so I said, well, then can I switch to guitar lessons? And I had a really cool guitar teacher. It was a little more structured. He was actually a classical guitar teacher. And though I was, you know, playing and strumming chords at home, it was really cool to be able to learn to read some music on guitar and learn actually classical songs, finger picking, more intricate fingerings on the guitar and also flamenco guitar, which I really loved and still love. It really connected to me. And again, there's that sad, mysterious sound to a lot of those songs. So yeah, I still love playing those. When you started writing songs, who are some of the songwriters that you're basing your approach off of? When I first started writing songs, most of them were um, just a lot of strumming and kind of abstract lyrics. Um, I really loved writing poetry, so putting some of the poetry to chords was really fun. I love finger picking, so... Um, songs had a lot of those kind of elements in the very beginning. Also, when you started playing in bands, what were some of those first bands? What did they look like? Were they the same style that you find yourself kind of writing in now? So actually, no. The bands I ended up playing with were actually as opposite as they could be from the music that I am doing now. And in those bands, I wasn't really doing the majority of the songwriting, just kind of collaborative. And those bands were a lot um, kind of heavier, more post-punk, um, definitely not the Cap Bells type of sound. But this is more what I would have been doing probably if I hadn't been in the bands that I was in. So, yeah, it's kind of nice to now be doing my own thing. Um, when it comes to artists like Nico, uh, and I don't know too much, I know a little bit of Donovan's stuff, but, like, when it comes to, and for sure with Nico, there's this play in atmosphere, this play with space, this play with, like, lyrical phrasing and musical dynamics that almost bring more weight to the lyrics when they're not being said in a way. Um, so my question is with that, when did Nico's musical stylings start to influence your own songwriting? Or when did you find that? Or when did you find yourself kind of reflecting upon her work through yours? Yeah, so Nico is just such an enigma to me. Like, how are you just, just so amazing? I don't know. She was just such an original and such a 
unique voice and unique songwriter. I just, the first time I heard her sing, I literally dropped everything. It was her with the Velvet Underground, but her voice was so different than anything I had heard. And I just was just so compelled to listen to more of what she had to say. And her delivery is so moving in so many ways. It's just, yeah, she's just definitely a huge influence. Can you tell me the influence about Mrs. Tiggy Winkle? Um, You have said your music draws on childhood memories of the natural world for like influence. Can you kind of dive into that a bit? So Capels is a hill, um, a popular hiking area in England, and also where Beatrix Potter was inspired to write many of her most famous stories. And so um, I was inspired to use the name Capels because it had so many different significances to me, one being my love for children's stories and those stories you grow up with as a child that just stick with you your whole life. And then there's also that profound love for nature. And this is an absolutely beautiful area of England. And then on top of that, there is this really cool lore that the name Capels derived from wild cats that once roamed the hillsides. And who doesn't love the idea of wild cats roaming a hillside? <laughs> so there's so many different reasons why Capels as a name really resonated for me. Uh, once you start the project Catbells um, and you release the Fade demo, it gets all this attention. Um, was Catbells always like the kind of goal project you wanted to do as a singer-songwriter? Or was this something you just were trying out? And with all that attention, was this like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I should stick with this. Also, how did that influence what later became the uh, album version? Catbells is definitely something that had been on my mind I was really focused with these other projects and so when they naturally came to an end and of course there was the global pandemic going on it gave more time to focus on songwriting and recording the first song we recorded Billy Muller and I was Fade Rainy Day Demo and it truly was a demo it was something that started as just vocal and guitar and there was no real idea of what a Capel song would actually be or sound like in a recording situation. And so that song was done. And um, after I created just this little cut and paste DIY video for it and put it up on YouTube. And after that, I realized um, that this would be something that might be fun to do a few more songs. So we did wilderness and i wish which ended up coming out the three songs on an ep together and after that i tried a new mixed version of fade definitely didn't feel the same as the original rainy day demo and so coming back now to putting out an lp the song fade that is on the lp is actually the original rainy day demo so it's kind of been a full circle with that 
also with that kind of like introspective look at how that demo did and then how this um this finished product product is doing did that influence how you approached this new album so coming to the realization that I liked that demo version the best, um, it really did set a tone for the rest of the recordings and just um, not feeling like I had to chase more than it was. Like if it if it had a feeling and was just not um, feeling forced, then that was just where a song would be done. Um, I definitely learned that sometimes you can overwork things or you can have to almost then work backwards um, to get it back to a place that feels right. So learning that with the Fade song definitely helped, you know, set a pace for the rest of the recordings. So Partly Cloudy being the first like full length what was different about writing this record compared to the other um, releases so far? The writing process for the rest of the record kind of kept in a similar um, kind of way that the first three songs did. Um, as a song kind of came and was finished, I would record it. So it wasn't so much just getting into the studio and playing down like 10 tracks and recording them, you know, in a couple of days. It was definitely more of an organic approach where um, songs were written, recorded, sometimes released, and then sometimes not. And now it's kind of to the point where a mixture of some songs released and a new batch of songs are, can coexist together in this one LP. Also, when playing live, how um, how have you gone about creating the same atmosphere that the record has with a live band? Has it been challenging um, to get a group to work in that type of space or create that type of space? Playing live definitely um, presented a challenge for a few reasons. One is um, I'm a bit of an introvert, so playing shows in and of themselves can be quite anxiety inducing for me. Um, I generally like him once I'm there, but getting me there is uh, not the easiest. And so even getting myself to commit to rehearsing and getting these songs ready for a live performance was not the easiest, but um, it was fun doing it. And it was a challenge as well. Um, I've never performed with a mask on. And so that had its own challenges of, you know, the microphone and um, being able to see clearly, just even getting on and off the stage. There's some technical challenges to that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's always nerve wracking to present your music, whether it's in a recording and putting it out or whether it's live um, there's just so much that comes with that so um, yeah I definitely look forward to playing more um, and hope to maybe yeah book a few shows once the record's out with the release of the record, do you plan on doing uh, live shows or a tour to support it? 
I can confidently say I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. I would definitely like to play some shows, um, but nothing is booked right now. And just going to kind of play it by ear, I guess, and see how things go over the next few months and possibly get something booked. I think Partly Cloudy is a beautiful record, um, and your talent shows through with that. I got I dug getting to dive into your 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 work and um, I've never done an interview like this. I guess lastly, I want to ask about the reason we're we're kind of doing this interview like this. And you don't have to answer if you don't feel comfortable. But with dealing with anxiety, do you find that songwriting and playing music? Do you find that that helps deal helps you deal with anxiety? Um, and if not, or if so, can you elaborate if it does help and what that looks like for you compared to like maybe putting something out like an album or a, or a gig or something that's more of like a kind of music business ended thing? And if it's not, what is something that you do do to kind of help aid with anxiety? Um, First of all, thank you so much for being so flexible and doing this interview in a less conventional way. Um, it really means a lot to me. And um, though I, I had thought that going into all of this that I was going to be just fine doing, you know, whatever needed to be done. And I started to really feel like a sickening anxiety about all of it. And um it doing it in this way has been much more helpful. Um, music is definitely a really positive part of dealing with my depression and anxiety. Um, I have found that it's sometimes easier to express thoughts and emotions through words um, and through songs. So that's been a really cathartic experience. Um, I think another part of it is having the um, the protection that the mask has given me of this feeling of being somewhat anonymous and not having the pressure of judgment um, that can sometimes come from people you know. I've kept this really um, to myself. A lot of people who would be considered close friends, family, don't know about Capels, um, and that is something that has given me more freedom to express myself um, and less pressure on myself. So that's been very helpful. Um, of course, playing shows comes with its own set of anxieties and, um, you know, it's kind of its own beast. Um, but yeah, I think this has been a really great um, stepping stone for me to face some of those anxieties head on and um, release some of those emotions for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful and I really thank you for taking this time to speak with me and um, thank you so much. Yo, Spike Spiegel here. You just listened to Zig of the Gig podcast. Keep riding the bebop. See you, Space Cowboy. Bang.